Springs. And she said that one of her students, one of her favorite students committed suicide last night. Uh, passed through the ninth grade, was going on the 10th grade. Seemed like a happy kid. But just the, the, the things that are going on around us, the pressure, the suicide rate is just rising up. People are losing their jobs, they're losing hope. Um, and they need the Lord. And I think that's behind um, a number of facts that I have here. One Christian organization has reported that there's been a 174% increase in clicks on Christian ads about finding hope. 174% increase. People are looking for hope. The world is searching for hope and peace and answers. And um, so I just, considering the need of evangelism, I appreciate the exercise of the four couples. We've been together once so far, and I'm praying that we'll get together some more and um, begin to formulate plans. And the problem is, is that there's two types of evangelism. One of them that we've talked about is group evangelism, using our church property, finding a place where we could bring people in. And we know that that's, you know, with the numbers on COVID being used against this, that that's not going to happen for a while. And so my exercise tonight is going to be on personal evangelism. And the, the use of... Uh, the opportunities God gives us and lays at our feet to share Christ with people. And I'd like you to turn your Bibles, please, to um, John chapter 1. And we're going to see personal evangelism in, in operation <laughs> in the life of Jesus and the life of some of the early apostles. And um, because uh, right now, God is going to place in, in your path, in your life, people that he wants you to reach out to, people he wants you to share Christ with. And there's, there's so many hurting people. They need hope. They need faith. They need peace. They need Jesus. And so as we come to John chapter 1, I want to look at uh, verse 29 to start with. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man who was preferred before me, for he was before me. So we see the content of the gospel. I recall my message on 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, recently, and uh, talking about the definition of the gospel. And the importance of that Jesus died for our sins. He's, he was buried, and on the third day, he rose again, according to the scriptures. And this is the content. This is what people need. This is what Paul preached when he went to Thessalonica in Acts 17 or 18. Uh, he preached Christ. And we have an, op, an important responsibility as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to point people towards the saving love and grace of God through Jesus Christ. 
the Great Commission is still in operation. It hasn't been canceled. <laughs> and um, I know it's not easy preaching, sharing your faith and, and doing personal evangelism. But yet, I think right now with COVID and the things going on, where group type meetings are, are you know, unless they're done on Zoom, uh, as, as Matt is doing tonight, uh, it's going to be hard to, to share Christ in a group setting. And so therefore, brothers and sisters, we, we have a tremendous responsibility. I'd like to, like to just share something with you. Uh, we had to get a new hair cutter, a barber, and uh, the place we were going, uh, we didn't go back there. It was down at the penny store. <laughs> and so there was a lady up here in, in the shopping center on 99th and, uh, and Greenway. And uh, we found her, we went in there, and we've, I've been there twice now for a haircut. The last time I was there, uh, she was talking about having to wear the mask, and I had to wear the mask, and trying to talk through it, and talking about the country, and how discouraged she was about the country, and, and what's going to be taking place and <clears throat> in the future. And... Um, I was able to draw her to the scriptures. I was able to talk about the book of Revelation for one thing. I asked her if she had a Bible, and she does, and she has it on her nightstand, although she never reads it. And I encouraged her to read maybe Revelation, but also I encouraged her to read the Gospel of Mark. And I was able to share Jesus with her just ever so briefly with a mask on my face and her cutting my hair. And so afterwards, um, uh, I, I told her I was going to bring her something, and I did. I brought her a piece of paper with some information on it, and then I brought her this little booklet. It's called Ultimate Questions. I think it was first done by a Christian group in Great Britain, if I remember right. And I looked online, and over 16 million of these have been issued by believers in the last, oh, I forget how many years. And um, it's, just, it's, it's a very first class booklet. And, um, you know, uh, where do I go from here? Is sin serious? Uh, talks about the gospel. Who am I in God's eyes? And um, so you might pray. Her name is Rita. And uh, we have, Alice is going to go in soon. So we're going to see what this outreach is, you know, if it has made any connection with her. And I'm praying that she has given her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we've got to take advantage of opportunities and share Christ with people. And so if you look in, in John chapter 1, let's just, let's just read this. Um, <clears throat> notice how the early church began, the early ministry of Jesus. Verse 35, <clears throat> again the next day, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt, and they abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And he findeth his own, that he 
Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first finds his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being interpreted a stone. And the following day, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and he finds Philip and says to him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael was a little skeptical, and he says, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Nathanael saith unto him, How knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. And Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And I'll stop right there. Um, it's, it's just such an important thing to take advantage of opportunities to share Jesus with people. And I think part of the reason that it's difficult for us as Christians is we there's a, there's a combination of we're, failing, we're afraid of being rejected, we're af afraid of failing or messing up, or <laughs> I don't know how you can mess up the gospel, but <clears throat> and um, that uh, there's just so many reasons why people, Christians, are not sharing their faith in Christ as they could. And I just want to encourage us that in the area of personal evangelism, how we can be sharing Jesus with people. And uh, I have uh, with me tonight um, <clears throat> some information on a book I want to share with you. This is a book I've used for many years. It's called Share Jesus Without Fear. It's written by a man who was in the mafia. He got saved, <laughs> and he's been on fire with the gospel ever since. His name is William Fay. Share Jesus without fear. He has established a, 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 a process that I want to just share with you in the time I have left. <clears throat> um, you know, we're supposed to be salt and light. I want to take the word salt, and I want to break it down by the letters, an acrostic, an alliteration, whatever you want to call it. S-A-L-T. And maybe this would be something that would help us because if the average Christian, by the time he's been saved for two years, does not have any unsaved friends. Imagine, you know, we, we find all of our fellowship at church, and that's a good thing in many ways, but the average Christian doesn't have any unsaved friends. And uh, so who are they going to witness to? And so we, we hope for the big event. We hope for the Billy Graham meeting, or we hope for Louis Palau coming to speak, or something like that. But we need to be efficient and committed to personal evangelism. We need to share Jesus with people. So I'm going to give you the salts, okay? S-A-L-T's. When you're with somebody, uh, let me just pause again. <laughs> 
That means you got to spend time with unsafe people. And I know a lot of times uh, we're, we're warned by the people at church that, you know, be careful. Uh, we're in the world, but not of the world. And, and uh, you know, you can't do the things that the people in the world do. And I think that's true. You know, uh, you can't go to, to a bar with them and, and, and drink with them. You shouldn't, you got to be very, very, very careful about the movies that are out there. And, uh, but somehow there's got to be ways that we can find to spend time with people that are not Christians. Now, when I was in um, banking for about 10 years, I, w one year, a couple of years, I joined the, the bank's bowling team. <laughs> and so we would go to uh, North Bowl in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and we would bowl against other teams. And I think we won maybe twice the whole time. We were not very good. I'm not much of a bowler. But I did it to make contact with these men I worked with at the bank. And it was done in the wintertime. And, and one year, just before the Christmas break, they were going to let us off early from the bank on Christmas Eve. And we're sitting at our desk and waiting for the, the buzzer and waiting to be able to leave. And one of my friends that I bowl with, he leaned over and he says, Jeff, do you really, you know, the Christmas is an important time for you. Do you really believe all that? Do you really believe who Jesus is? And I'm, I'm talking with um, half a dozen of my people I work with. And I said, I sure do. And I, I talked to them about Christmas and why Jesus came. And, and um, they listened and they were polite and they, they thanked me for what I had to say. And then the buzzer went and we all went home. You get opportunities to share Jesus with people. My wife joined... My wife likes to sew. She's good with a sewing machine. She's good with uh, cross-stitching and uh, different things like that. And, and she just enjoys it. So she joined a club when we were in Houston. And she would go with another Christian lady, and they would meet all kinds of people and, and just, just make contact with people. Have your, have your neighbors over for a meal sometime. Get to know them and uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so the word salt means, um, uh, salt means say something. <laughs> you're, you're at lunch with somebody, you're at work with somebody, you're in the store, you're like me with my, the barber who was cutting my hair, and the Lord prompted me to say something. And I don't know, we haven't had a follow-up meeting yet with her, but Alice is going to be going in to get her hair cut in the next week or so. And we'll find out where this lady is. We'll find out if she read the book, Ultimate Questions, and uh, by a man named Blanchard in, in, from England, I think. But 16 million of them have been sent out in maybe 30 different languages over the years. Excellent, excellent work. So ask means say something. A means ask questions. Well, how are you doing? <clears throat> you know, uh, you having difficulties? How's everything going on in your life? And how do you, how are you dealing with COVID? How are you dealing with the, you know, whatever? Then the L of salt means listen. Oh, we could just be good listeners. We get people talking. Let them, let them talk. And let them open up their hearts and their needs, the things going on in their life. And then the T 
uh, of salt means turn the conversation around to spiritual truth. Turn it to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That's where it's a good idea if you have your testimony down. You know, there's the long version. You, you might share it at a church meeting sometime. <clears throat> but have you developed your own personal testimony on one piece of paper that you can give in maybe five or six, seven minutes? Tell them how you got saved. Tell them what Jesus means in your life. And uh, so salt, we are to be salt and light. And salt means say something, ask questions, listen and turn the conversation to Jesus. People desperately need the Lord. Now, the, the approach I'm telling you about, the other approach tonight, is share Jesus without fear. I want to just share really quickly five questions you can ask people. When the conversation can be turned to spiritual questions, to spiritual thoughts, the question number one of the five, okay? Ask them, do you have any kind of spiritual belief? Get them talking. Do you have any kind of spiritual belief? Depending on how everything goes, your second question is, well, to you, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Get them talking. Listen. The third question is, do you think there's a heaven and a hell? Boy, that's a good question, and they're going to respond to that one way or the other. And the fourth question is, if you died right now, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? And you get them talking. That's a big question. And the fifth question is, and I like this one. This is how you share Jesus without fear, I guess. If what you believe were not true, would you want to know it? Now you're getting them to say, okay, I, what's wrong with what I said? What's wrong with my answers? Um, I'm not sure there's a heaven or a hell. I don't, you know, Jesus was a nice man. And uh, so you've got them talking. And uh, this is where I really like what, what Eldon did when he was in the, um, the mill back in Maine. And he, he brought all those Bibles in and he uh, wrote down, you know, turn to this page, turn to that page. And he had the gospel all, all presented there. Uh, for people to get a hold of this Bible and, and read it. I, I was sitting there thinking, amen, brother, that's, that's one of the things we can do. And um, what Mr. Fain, this book, Sharing Jesus Without Fear, says one of the things you do is you, you get a little Bible and you don't bring the big boomer. You don't bring your big study Bible with, with 25 years of notes in it and <laughs> Greek words up here and everything underlined and, you know, have with you a, I have a little New Testament I'm, I'm going to start doing what Eldon did and write references on it. And, um, and, he, and, he, and he says here, you know, go ahead and have them read it. So here's the first one. So you may want to turn to uh, Romans 1 16 or, or John chapter 1 verse 12 or maybe Romans 3 23 and just read this verse. Have them read it. What does that say to you? And then, okay, then have another reference at the bottom and turn to the next one and have these verses all. I, what I do is I color them in with a red pencil. 
So it just stands out on the page. Have somebody read this, um, this, this verse, and then they go to the next verse, and then take it to the third verse. And, and uh, you might even carry little New Testaments that you can leave with them. We just pulled out from our box a bunch of little Gospels of John, for example. We want to pass them out. And by asking these questions and then having these verses down, you are having them read the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And the power is not us, brother and sisters. I've said this a number of times. The power is in the gospel. The power is in Jesus through the Holy Spirit. It's not us. And you are getting people to respond. And all you did was say, you know, do you, you know, uh, how are you doing? Do you have any spiritual concerns or spiritual beliefs? Um, and asking them questions and listening and turning the conversation to Jesus. Uh, it's just, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, we had uh, a church that I work with uh, in New Mexico. It was really a church where you could say to people, come and see. <laughs> and people were bringing their family members. They were bringing their neighbors. They were bringing people they work with. And we got the chance to see a number of people get saved. Now, how important is the word of God? <laughs> I'm going to share in closing one little episode. I was in my first year full-time commended work amongst the assemblies, the open assemblies. And, and I, was, I went to... I was sent, committed to go to New Mexico, and I had been down there from August up until the week before Christmas, and I had been, you know, getting to know the people, visiting them, uh, you know, just spending time with them, and then on Sundays, I'd preach my heart out, preach the gospel out, and uh, of course, I was using the, the, the principles of speaking that I learned in Bible school and so forth, and trying to, you know, have the opening comments and the three points and the ending comment. And, you know, just, you know, tried to, you know, I kind of thought my homiletics teacher would have loved them, but I, nothing was happening. <laughs> Nobody was responding. And so this Sunday before Christmas, um, I'm sitting there praying as I'm speaking, God, Lord God, you know, it'd be so wonderful if somebody would trust you this day, this last Sunday of the year before Christmas. And they need you, Lord. I'm just crying out to the Lord from my heart as I was preaching. And finally, I took my notes that I, I was using, making them up a, a sermon outline and so forth. And I folded them up and I stuck them under the, under the, the pulpit. And then I, and I just had five minutes left and I said, Lord, give me the words. And I started just quoting Bible verses. I couldn't even tell you which ones I, I did. Uh, I'm sure Acts 16, 31 is a favorite of mine. I used that one. And, um, you know, different ones. I can't even begin to remember them all. But I shared half a dozen verses. And I, said, I finally said, you know, this is Christmas is coming up. This is the last Sunday before Christmas. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you and uh, get that, that straightened out in your life, your relationship with God through Jesus. And, and wouldn't it be great if somebody, you know, if the Lord saved somebody today? And a woman 
stood right up in the middle of the room. There must have been 60 or 70 people there. And she was a visitor. Somebody said to her, come and see. And so she came to church with a neighbor. And, and Gloria Sandoval stood up in that church and she says, I want to be saved. <laughs> Praise God. And I, I, quote, I, I said, wonderful, Gloria, can you just, you know, I had my wife escort her to another room. And then I closed in prayer and I asked everybody who was a Christian, please pray for her. And I went into the other room and my wife and I and Gloria met on some chairs in there. And uh, like my dad likes to say, and it was how wonderful it is when God gives you a front row seat when he saves a soul. And Gloria Sandoval put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. I think it was Matt Vanderhart who said, you know, when you see somebody get saved, he said this at our meeting, if we could just see one person get saved, it would, it would excite the whole group, the whole church. Wow. I keep thinking, I wonder what Rita, my hairdresser, has done. I don't know. She may have thrown it away and may never say anything about it. We'll find out. And, uh, and my wife, you know, reaches out to people at our homeowners association meetings and, and venues and just, we've got to find ways, dear friends, so that all 100% of our friends are not Christians. I'm not asking you to compromise with the world. I'm not asking you to, to, uh, to uh, do things that your conscience tells you you shouldn't do. But I joined the, I joined the bowling league. My wife joined the sewing lead league. We, we've, did, we've done things with our neighbors. We've had our neighbors over for meals. And dear friends, remember salt. Say something. Ask questions, listen, turn the conversation around to spiritual truth. And then these five questions from the book, Share Jesus Without Fear. Just memorize them. Do you have any kind of spiritual beliefs? To you, who is Jesus? Do you think there is a heaven or a hell? If you died right now, where would you spend eternity? Where would you go? And if what you believe were not true, would you want to know? And when they say, no, I don't want to know, fine. The conversation's over. You don't force it. But if they say, well, yeah, I, you know, where am I wrong? And then you have an opportunity to open up that Bible you have, and maybe your first verse is Romans 3.23, and you have it highlighted in red. Then you have a little reference underneath it. Turn to the Romans 6.23 or Romans 10, 9, and 10. Or, you know, I'm talking about the Roman road. I'm going to talk about that next week, too. But dear friends, um, people are hurting. Our, our country has never been in such a horrible conditions in our lifetime. And uh, there's, a, there's a question in many people's minds are if our country can even make it. And uh, people need Christ. And I don't know the day of the hour. I don't know when he's coming back, but a lot of people are thinking maybe soon. This led me to speak out more to my daughter and to, my, to a grandson and to other members of my family. And uh, so I would just ask you tonight and encourage you, share Jesus with someone this week. 
you know, get to know your neighbor, get to know somebody you work with, whatever it is, and, and be salt and ask these simple questions. Let's close with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, um, salvation from beginning to end is the work of God. You have chosen Jesus, you said, the foolish preaching of men. And if we fail, then maybe even the rocks would cry out. Lord, um, help us overcome the fear factor. And Lord, help us to reach out to our neighbors and people who desperately need Jesus. And Lord, we give you the praise and glory in your holy and worthy name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff.